Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. I'm going to get right into it today. This is going to be clear. It's going to be direct. It's going to be to the point. It's going to be on the short side. Because there's certain times in the Bible where Jesus talked, and some of the most important things He talked about and shared were shared with very few words. Because sometimes the more the words, the more people can almost excuse themselves from the responsibility. When a father tells his son or his daughter, please do this, there's only one thing they're asking and there's no excuse. But if they were to give them a 20-minute speech about it, you know the kid could say, I got confused. So this is going to be very direct. The title of my message today is A Tale of Two Kingdoms, okay? So right away, I want you to picture this. One kingdom on this side, one kingdom on this side, and neutral ground right in the middle. I also want everybody here and everybody at home that's watching online to know this. I'm going to be sharing what the Bible says and what Jesus said in particular. I'm not sharing my opinion. I'm coming as a messenger simply sharing what God has said. The Bible says that there's three persons in God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to take what I'm going to say and make it real in your heart. I've done this for over 39 years. I've talked to so many groups of people in parks and playgrounds, I've, I've lost count. And what I always tell them is, if what I tell you doesn't register and doesn't hit you deep in your gut, walk away and there's no offense taken and we're friends and we shared 15 or 20 minutes together. But I cannot tell you how often within 12 to 13 minutes, I've seen grown men begin to weep and cry because the words that I'm going to share are truth and they're real and when they come with the Holy Spirit's conviction if you feel that in your heart don't ignore that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes as a wind and you know how the wind when you're in the park you can feel it you don't know where it came from and you don't know where it's going Jesus says that about the Holy Spirit so it's a blessed thing, and you're very fortunate if you're watching online today to be hearing this. I talked to somebody, uh, I think about a, about a year ago, a group of 20-year-olds uh, at a park, and it almost sounded arrogant, but it was truthful. I said, you guys should thank God that I'm talking to you right now, because the words I'm about to tell you could change your life forever. So that's the gravity, and that's the weight of what I'm about to share. So let's get right into it. Let's go to the next point. I'm going to talk first about the kingdom of God over here. The kingdom of God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 17, the coming, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. They're sitting around, much like people would sit around after a basketball game or while they're fishing. 
or going for a walk along the river. And they were talking and they were asking questions. And they asked them about the kingdom of God. How will we see it? How will we know that it's come? And Jesus said, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. So what Jesus basically is saying is, for humanity, we equate things we can see and touch with reality. Jesus is saying there is a kingdom that exists that's among you that you cannot see. Let's talk about the definition of a kingdom for a minute. Every kingdom needs a king. So in the back of your mind, I want you to make room for a king for each kingdom I'm going to talk about. Every kingdom needs a king. Every kingdom needs a realm or a dominion or a territory that's ruled over. That's what a kingdom is. You have a king over a dominion, kingdom, right? So you need a king and you need a territory and a realm that's being ruled over or you do not have a kingdom. Every kingdom must have subjects. So a king needs a king. It needs a dominion that's being ruled over by that king. And it needs subjects that are being ruled over or it's not a kingdom. Citizens of a kingdom must abide by the laws of that kingdom or they incur that king's wrath. A kingdom is concerned always with its strength and power in defending its kingdom and increasing its kingdom. Kingdoms don't remain stagnant, just like a business. I remember once somebody taught me when I was working as a salesman, and I said I was very young, and I remember saying in young foolishness, doesn't there come a point where we can just maintain what we have and focus on those customers? And he said, Mike, if you're not increasing your territory, somebody else is coming in and going to be taking from it. So every kingdom must increase in power. And finally, a kingdom is concerned with its destiny, whether it will fall to ruin or rise in glory. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, the kingdom of heaven is a matter of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. In this kingdom, there is peace. There is joy. As we look about us today, anybody online, anybody sitting here, I don't have to spend one minute convincing you that there is chaos. There's division. There's hatred. There's wars. There's envy. There's factions. Where do they come from? Because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. So there must be another kingdom at work. Next point. Actually, please back up. Back up. I just thought of one thing. The beginning of this kingdom, the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, at the very beginning of the Bible, the first words are, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Either he did or he didn't. If he did not, 
He's not a king. We rule. There's no rules. I should pack up and go home. We're all in this for ourselves. Or he created it. If he created the world, he owns it. He has authority over it. He has dominion over it. He has the rule over it. So right now, at that point, Holy Spirit, I ask you to make what I just said real to those who are listening. That you would drive it home. That God created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible says the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God began to create. He began to establish and set up his kingdom. So the Bible speaks of a kingdom of God that had a beginning, that has a creator, that has a king, and that's God. Now we can go to the next point. Well, if God created this world and the kingdom of God is a matter of peace and joy and righteousness, Jesus says, something's wrong. Because when we look around and we see the chaos and the wars and the factions and the envy and hatred, theft, everything that goes against righteousness and peace happening, and yet Jesus said his kingdom is a matter of peace, and if he created it, then why are we seeing these things? Because a king rules over his kingdom. Why would this be allowed? Where's it coming from? How's it happening? Let's come over here now to this side, to the kingdom of darkness. And it's interesting, right before I was coming here, when I was driving here, I felt the Lord whisper in my ear, Mike, you realize nowhere in the Bible are there the words kingdom of darkness. Jesus calls the devil the prince of this world, but not a king. He doesn't rule. Let's talk about, though, for the sake of our understanding a kingdom with a small K, small capitals. Jesus said, Jesus didn't say, his disciple John said in the Bible, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. The whole world is under the control of the evil one. How does that happen? God created heaven and earth. God owns heaven and earth. God rules over heaven and earth. His kingdom is a matter of peace and joy and righteousness. And yet we see chaos and death and hatred and wars and sickness and tears and sadness. Is God not a true king? Doesn't a king enforce his rules among his subjects? How is this happening? The Bible speaks of two things. First, it speaks of the first subjects that were created. God created Adam and Eve. He created humanity. And for time's sake, I'll just say this. God gave them a simple command and the reason it was so simple, I believe, is because it could either be obeyed or not obeyed. Simplicity reveals the heart. The bottom line is this. Mankind disobeyed God. 
And the Bible says at that minute, sin entered into this world. And it entered through a man. And God took that sin in that man and removed him and banished him from this kingdom and put him under this kingdom. So he became separated from the king who created the kingdom of peace and joy and righteousness. God didn't do it. Mankind did it to himself. And ever since then, the Bible says, that sin entered through that man and has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Everybody that breathes, everybody that has a heartbeat and has flesh and blood has inherited the sin. And so all of us begin life here under a different kingdom and there's a separation between those two kingdoms. There's something else that happened. God not only created humanity, he created the angelic beings, he created angels. For those of you watching online who may not have ever really tuned in before to a church service, what you're about to get, I'm peeling back some stuff here that oftentimes people cloak and hide for fear that it might scare people that hear it. But I felt yesterday when I was going for a walk in the park, it's funny, I always pray, God, how should I deliver this? With what context? How should I come across? How far should I go? And by the way, this may sound strange to people that are listening to this, the way I say, well, you know, God told me so casually. I'm going to jump ahead for a second. We have a father that's so loving and so compassionate and so interested in us and so alive that when you learn to hear from him, it's not a miraculous thing. It's a normal thing. And I was just walking along as casual as you please. Bethlehem Township Park, and he said, Mike, I want you to speak as if you're not going to be alive on Monday. Now, please make me alive on Monday, God. But speak as if it's the last words you'll ever say. And I thought, wow, okay, then I'm not holding anything back. Well, God created the angelic host. Millions, tens of thousands, millions upon millions of angels. Now, this is not a fairy tale. The Bible says this is real. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would make this real to those who are hearing what I'm about to say. In the book of Revelation, the final book in the Bible, there comes a verse that says there was a war that broke out in heaven. And Michael the archangel and his angels fought against the dragon, who is Satan, and his angels, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, the dragon, the devil, and the rebelling angels. And they lost their place in heaven. It says they were cast down to the earth. And to this day, it says, the devil roams the earth with fury, looking to steal, kill, destroy. He's been given temporary, temporary ability to create havoc and chaos. Why? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But I know this. The Bible says he's filled with fury because he knows his time is short. Because there will become a day when God will judge him and he will be cast into a lake of fire 
Some people don't use that word anymore. I will say it. Hell is called a lake of fire. It's not just separation from God. It's a physical place. And that's not a radical thing to say because if it is, Jesus is very radical because Jesus spoke about it more than any other person. In fact, you know, Jesus spoke about hell more than he spoke about heaven. That's the truth. He doesn't want people to go there. It was created for the devil and his angels. Well, right now, the reality is what you see as you live in this earth, you are in a kingdom that ultimately is created by the good king, a kingdom of peace and righteousness, but a kingdom that has been dis- uh, decimated and scarred and taken over through sin, mankind's rebellion. We can't blame it on the devil. We own it too. We rebelled against God. And the devil also did. And his angels. And they roam and they know their time is short. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They're now what's known as demons. I'm pulling back the page here. I'm letting you in on the entire thing right now. If you're looking at home, Say thank you to God you're hearing this. By the way, just so you know, thank you very much. When you hear something, you become responsible for it. So please listen closely to these last few minutes. Two kingdoms. Which kingdom are you in? The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, that there is no one righteous, not even one. Nobody. Me, nobody. There's nobody that's righteous. Nobody. So we are all right now by default in this kingdom because God does not allow sin and unrighteousness in his kingdom. There's no such thing as being neutral. If you have not made a decision to return back to the king and his kingdom, when you're born, you're here. I used to think I was here, living my life, making decisions whether I wanted to be here or here. But the Bible says the whole world is under the control of the evil one, and all mankind stands guilty before God. So if you're listening to this and you're breathing and you have a heartbeat, please know this. If you're not here, you're not here. There's no such thing. You're here by default. So if you take no action whatsoever today after hearing this, and you've never done what I'm going to talk about over the next few minutes and found an access back over here to the kingdom of peace, the kingdom that God created, the kingdom that he created for his glory, and that he will rule again completely one day with no interference here when the devil's thrown into the lake of fire, otherwise known as hell, forever. By the way, he's not going to rule in that kingdom. So for anybody listening right now, I used to think this also when I was younger. God rules heaven and the devil rules hell. And there's this famous saying of young, young guys with bravado that always try to impress their friends, I'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. You're not going to rule in hell. Nobody rules in hell. The devil doesn't sit on a throne with skulls on some throne exercising dominion over hell. He's sentenced to hell forever. He does not rule in hell. 
So which kingdom are you in? You're in this one by default. You're under the domain and power and not under the safety and protection of God the Father, the ruler of this universe, unless you've consciously found a way back to him because in this in-between between his kingdom and this kingdom, there's sin. And you have no way to get rid of that sin. And try as you might, you can't get from here to here. What a dreadful thing to die on this side. The Bible says when you take your last breath, that's it. There's no more way back over here. How do we get from here to here? The Bible says that God has reconciled us. He can reconcile us, meaning bring us back together to him. And he did it this way, by Christ's physical body. Why is that important? Because sin entered the human race. And the only way that mankind and humanity could be saved would be by somebody that bears humanity themselves. And the Bible says that Jesus mysteriously, we don't know how, but he entered the world as a man and he took on the likeness of man and yet maintained his divinity as the son of God. He was the perfect sacrifice. And the Bible says that before the foundation of the world, before this world was even created, that God already saw that there would be a division between these kingdoms. And he put a plan in place. And he said, my son, will you go and save the people that are over here? And Jesus said, I will. He's fully God. He's equal to God. He's known God. He's never been created. He's always existed. There's no name higher than Jesus. There's kingdoms, and you can go to any country and any government and bring me any official, and that name will not be higher than the name of Jesus. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is the way and the truth and the life. The Bible says he has supremacy. He rules over every dominion, over every power and principality and darkness. There is no ruler. They're fake. They may have temporary ability to create chaos right now, but their day is coming and their time is drawing to a close and Jesus' name is above every name. And he's the one that gave up his physical body on the cross and willingly died and allowed humanity to drive nails into his hands and pierce his side. And when that happened, blood flowed from him. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And without forgiveness of sins, you can't come from here to here. There's no other way. You can't think your way through it. You can't talk your way into it. You can't put forth effort. The Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes back to the Father but by me. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you what Jesus said. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you would drive this truth home. You would make this truth real. Because if you're listening online, if you're like I was when I was 21 years old and I heard this, Something happened inside me. And if you've ever seen the movie A Few Good Men, raise your hand if you've seen the movie A Few Good Men. You remember where Jack Nicholson's talking and he says, way down deep inside in places that you don't talk about at parties. You need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. All of us have that ability to present a front of bravado and confidence to our friends and our peers. But I'm talking to the part of you that lays down at night 
secretly with your heart and ponders these things. And that's the part of the heart right now that I'm telling you the Bible says Jesus died on a cross. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And he can forgive your sins. There's a great transfer that can take place. The Bible says Jesus rescues us from the dominion of darkness and can bring us into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves. God has rescued us through Jesus. You can go from here to here. There's only one way. It's through Jesus who died on a cross. And the Bible says in the same way that sin came through man and infected everybody, salvation and the way back to heaven come from man, but it's a man who also was God, Jesus Christ. And when we die and stand in front of God and the Bible says we will all give an account, God is more than any other thing gonna look at one thing, what did you do with my precious son who did a lot for you and went through this suffering for you? What did you do with him? And if your answer is I rejected him, I'm just gonna say it, God says, then I reject you. But the good news is, when you say I received him, that God says, enter into this kingdom. He's a good God, he's a loving God. He gave his son for you. He can't give anymore. He gave it all. Jesus is the way back into this kingdom. I'd like to close, next point. The key to the kingdom. A man came to Jesus at night and he said, it's funny he came at night. A lot of people try to keep things secret. I don't know why guys do this. Guys try to keep up a real tough front in front of their friends. But I know you guys that are watching right now, if you were like me, captain of the football team, former Marine, big tough guy, I still laid down at night weeping on my pillow, scared to death of what would happen to me when I died. Okay, so alone in your thoughts tonight, I want you to remember this. Jesus said to the man who said, how can I be saved? He said, very truly I tell you, no one can see, no one can enter this kingdom unless he's born again. What I would like you to do is close your eyes and I'm gonna pray a prayer. If you're at home right now and what I said makes sense and the Holy Spirit has made this real to you, you can talk to Mike Dunstan, who's our pastor online, and ask him for information. You can ask him to pray with you. But I'm going to pray a prayer I've prayed with probably hundreds of people by now. And it's a prayer to be born again. That's an old-fashioned phrase, but it hasn't gone out of style. It's real. You need to be regenerated and receive new life to come into the kingdom of God. And if that's what you want to do, I ask you to repeat after me. Dear Father God, I'm a rebel, I'm a sinner, I'm on the wrong side. I want to come back into your kingdom. I need to be saved. I put my trust in Jesus. I thank him for dying on the cross. I receive his shed blood for my forgiveness. Please write my name in the book of life. Please save me and bring me back into the kingdom of peace and joy and righteousness that you rule over. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the NC4 Podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. 
We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word Jesus to 610-816-6062.